0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 702 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today is the first episode in the Bold Beginnings series. While you're listening to this episode, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be considered advice. Medical or otherwise, always consult a physician before making any changes to your health care plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, please consider going to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox to take the survey. The T1D Exchange survey benefits people living with type 1 diabetes. It's incredibly easy to do and will take you fewer than 10 minutes. T1DExchange.org forward slash juicebox. Also, today you're going to hear Jenny Smith. Jenny is a CDE. She has had type 1 diabetes for over 30 years and she works at integrateddiabetes.com if you're interested in learning more about what she does. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by InPen from Medtronic Diabetes. InPen is an insulin pen that talks to an application on your smartphone and gives you much of the functionality that you will get from an insulin pump. InPentoday.com. The podcast is also sponsored today by US Med. Don't just get your diabetes supplies from anywhere. Get them from US Med. Call today for your free benefits check, 888-721-1514, or you could just go to usmed.com forward slash juice box. U.S. Med always provides 90 days worth of supplies, and they give you fast and free shipping. usmed.com forward slash juicebox. So we did this little episode recently where we talked about we're going to go through these steps of, um, the questions that people send in about being newly diagnosed. And yes. this is going to be our first episode about it. We have it broken down. It's not really, it's still, it's going to be a lot of episodes, but we have it broken down to honeymoon, what it's like to be diagnosed as an adult, different terminology, highs and lows, the 15-15 rule, long-acting insulin, fear of insulin, uh, range and food choices, pre-bolusing, carb guidelines and impact of food, Stacking, flexibility, school, exercise, guilt, fear, and hope, podcast in the community, medical care team, journaling, technology, and supplies, insurance, and that's it. <laughs> so that's it. Jenny. That's, that's it, yeah, right? That's
1: it. <laughs> we just have
0: it narrowed down to like, I don't know, 15 or 20 A minutes. Lot. Yes. But we're going to go through and have these conversations. So um, you and I put these in order, and we thought Honeymooning went first. So, we're gonna to have to feel our way through this a little bit because we've never done this before. Uh, in the In the past, I just started the conversation and then we chatted to where we wanted it to go in the right. pre, in the um, in the pro tips. But this one, we have questions from people. So, why we thought this was important is because going into the Facebook group with twenty five thousand people in it and asking them what do you wish you would have known or someone would have told you when you were do- newly diagnosed. So, under the heading of honeymoon, the first thing that we have here is. A better explanation of the honeymoon phase would have been helpful. Let's talk okay. about what that is. Yeah,
1: better is is a it's like a rabbit hole of consideration, right? Though, mm-hmm. so, like better explanation kind of starts with, well, how was it explained to the person or to the majority of people to begin with?
0: Yeah,
1: um, and I I do think it's a concept that's really it's it's a gray area of known Mm -hmm. honestly um because it's a time period essentially where after diagnosis you've got some remaining beta cells at least many people do not everybody but many people do it seems like the sooner you get containment of the blood sugar levels the more likely you are to have if there are remaining betas their assistance and they come back to help and that may eventually reduce your overall insulin needs. Mm-hmm. Um I mean by how much? Again, this is a person to person. You may need less overall dosing for mealtimes. Maybe just basil is holding things really you know tight for you in that honeymoon phase. Um but I think a good word to go along with honeymoon is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. So,
0: Honestly? <laughs> yeah. So the you know, let me jump to another question because I think it'll pull the conversation together, right? This person mm-hmm. says, "Am I honeymooning? How will I know?" And I think that's such a good point because you really don't know what diabetes is to begin with. So whatever it is for you on day 1 is how you imagine it is. And a lot of people get caught up in thinking, "Well, this is it." You know, and and someone can tell you in the moment, "Hey, you might experience a honeymoon." And a honeymoon's going to be you might have some beta cells that are still helping along with insulin production that might be great because if it's stable then we'll use you know less insulin but it also could wax and wane it could be one day you're getting help and the next day you're not and the next day you are and you know especially you're probably going to be MDI at that point right so you've got a fixed for the
1: most part right yeah. you've got a
0: fixed amount of insulin in you as a basal and then one day you're you know your pancreas is like oh, I'll help <laughs> And you're like, right. well, no thanks. I already, I already put the insulin in today. And you're feeding insulin all day. So right. it's a lo- I, it's a lot. It is a
1: lot. And yeah. I think a misconception too is that um it it shouldn't really be mistaken. And it could be easy to think, well, gosh, maybe I I was incorrectly diagnosed, mm. <laughs> right? right? Maybe I am really Getting better, maybe I was just sick or something was going on. This downplay in insulin need, especially being tested. I mean, most people who are who are diagnosed with type one or assume type one get the antibody testing and all those things that we've already talked about too to really give a a, a positive diagnosis. Okay. Um, but once that's there, even if your insulin needs go down in this expected honeymoon time period. You're not, you're not getting better. Right. <laughs> and that's sad to say it yeah. is.
0: Cause it'll hit you that way because it happened to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a couple of days where Arden just out of nowhere did not need insulin. And, or at least that's how it felt. Like, you know, my memory on it could be, you know, I'm right. get, I'm getting pretty old. That was a long time ago, but right. my, my recollection is there were day, two days where Arden didn't need insulin. And I, yeah. and I've told the story before, called our pediatrician, who's a friend and I prefaced what I said by going, I know I'm wrong, but I have to say this because it feels imperative that I tell you that I don't think Arden has diabetes. Somebody made a mistake. Right, And he yes. got very quiet and sad and said, she has diabetes, this could happen. You should call the endo and talk to them. And I was like, okay. Right. <clears throat> um, yeah. But the problem day to day and why the question gets asked by people who are like, you know, when you ask somebody, what do you wish you knew? I think first of all, you, you need to know what could happen. You need to know it might not happen. Correct. You know, you might catch diabetes very early and then your honeymoon might be longer. You might catch it later. It might be shorter. And a thousand other variables that could influence if there's a fluctuation and if there is, how big it is. Um, This person says the the lows were horrible and we had a scary middle of the night, barely conscious, 32 blood sugar, about three weeks after diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And so this is a person who didn't, Had this information was never told.
1: Right. And that's, I guess it also brings in a timeline of when, and that's a, that's a major question that's also often asked is, well, how long can I expect this to last for? It could be a, a week. It could be a couple of days. It could be weeks. It could even be years. And for the most part, the years, that length of time in honeymoon, I more often see in adults who are diagnosed mm-hmm. who re- research has has shown as an adult diagnosed you more often have a reserve of betas after diagnosis that's a little bit larger than really young children or even kids or teens really um in fact there's there are a lot of good studies for kids diagnosed under the age of 5 i believe um that actually show it's that the onset of type one is much more rapid and much more aggressive and that there is more likely that there's less or almost no beta cell action left in really little kids who are diagnosed
0: very quickly yes yeah Arden was two and you know besides those two days Well, here's the rest of it, Jenny, right? Besides those two days, I'm going to tell you that I didn't notice, but I also was a guy holding a meter and a handful of syringes and a vial of insulin, right? There were no CGMs. I couldn't see anything happening. And these people who are listening very likely are not being handled a CGM right away either.
1: Many of them are not. I've had, in the past couple of months, I've had a handful of people who've actually left the hospital with a CGM on their child.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, that's encouraging,
1: but again, that's it's a small percent, but it is encouraging to see how that's progressed in importance Mm -hmm. for visibility um, and or they've left with a prescription to get it within a week or two after leaving the hospital or after diagnosis, which, again, is, in my opinion, pretty quick turnaround.
0: The context that the that the glucose monitor line gives you, it's just it's different because otherwise in your mind. It just feels like the blood sugar's coming in and out of hyperspace. Like it's, you know, it's 78. And then the next time you look up, it's 250. And without context for how it got there, your brain struggles to make sense of it. You, you know, especially when it's very likely that the doctor has given you basic ideas of what to do. Count these carbs, use this, you know, use this formula, inject this insulin. If you're lucky, you got that right. much information. Um, right. And and Because we're talking about newly diagnosed and not just children, Mm -hmm. I've interviewed a number of adults, you know, over and over again. But lately, one that's sticking to my head where they just told her, like, here, take 10 units of this and eat. Yeah. That was it, you know?
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. No consideration
0: Uh, about carbs or anything, honestly.
1: It's more than for adults. I've seen many more adults being diagnosed, let's say correctly with type one, but given more of a really old school weighted dose insulin. Mm -hmm. And prior to giving them any, you know, real information or education, if you will, it's like you said, it's eat your meal, take 10 units of insulin, take it three times a day with each meal time and go about your business until you actually see an educator or somebody who can help adjust this for you. Um, Again, that's it's that's really old way to dose the concept, but
0: you're seeing it more and more, you're saying. U.S. Med takes over 800 private insurers and they accept Medicare nationwide. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and they always provide 90 days worth of supplies. US Med carries everything from insulin pumps and diabetes testing supplies to the latest in CGMs, like Freestyle Libre 2 and Dexcom G6. Better service and better care is what you're going to get from US Med. Head over there now to usmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514 to get your free benefits check and to get started. You're going to get white glove treatment at US Med. They are the number one fastest growing tandem distributor nationwide, the number one specialty distributor for Omnipod Dash. They're where we get Arden's Omnipod 5 supplies from. They also are the number one distributor for Freestyle Libre Systems nationwide, and the number one rated distributor in Dexcom customer service satisfaction surveys. Come on, usmed.com forward slash juicebox. Everybody gets their diabetes supplies from somewhere, and everybody knows how much of a pain it can be. US Med says they're going to give you better service and better care than what you're accustomed to. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by InPen from Medtronic Diabetes, and I would like to tell you a little bit about it. The InPen is an insulin pen, but it's not just an insulin pen. Yes, it has a cap, and yes, it has a needle and a cartridge, and a little window where you can see how much you're dosing, little knob you twist at the end, and a button you push. It's an insulin pen, right? Just like you expect. But here's the stuff you don't expect. How about an app on your cell phone that shows you reports, easily shareable reports, with data that is generated for up to 90 days? InPen can do that because it's connected to that app by Bluetooth. The InPen app is also going to give you an activity log, so you can see a list of recent actions including doses, meals, and glucose readings. Your active insulin remaining is right there on the screen with that InPen app. See how much insulin is still working in your body. An InPen has a dosing calculator to help you take the guesswork out of dosing your insulin. The app uses your glucose levels and a carbohydrate estimate to recommend the dose that's right for you. That sounds like a thing you get with an insulin pump. It even considers the amount of insulin that's still working in your body to help you avoid lows. InPenToday.com forward slash juicebox. Want a digital logbook? InPen has that. Want carb counting support? Oh, well, the InPen app can help you estimate carbs based on your meal size. There's also a fixed dose option that allows you to choose the same carb amount for a specific meal each day. Seems too good to be true? It isn't inpentodaycom forward slash juicebox. Head over there now, get started today. There are links in the show notes of your podcast player and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to the InPen, U.S. Med, and all of the sponsors of the Juicebox podcast. When you click the links, you're supporting the show. InPen requires a prescription and settings from your healthcare provider. You must use proper settings and follow the instructions as directed or you could experience high or low glucose levels. For more safety information, visit inpentoday.com.
1: Yeah, I see it I see it often enough that it sort of frightens me given all the technology we have today and the types of insulin we have today and the way that they are meant to work um, to specifically, especially our rapid acting insulins to mimic sort of digestion for the food that it was formulated to cover, which is carbohydrate. Mm. So why don't we just educate people? Well, give me an idea what your meals look like. I mean, this is pretty easy question to ask people upon diagnosis. Okay. Your meals seem to be this. And as an educated
0: clinician, clinician, there you go. (laughs) um,
1: You should really have an idea about how to carb count, especially if you are in the profession of diabetes (laughs) and thus, you should be able to say, okay, let's start easy and just say for every 15, you take one. Mm-hmm. Right. At least it gives people context, something to work with yeah. a starting point, even Here's- if it's completely wrong and they need to be a one to five, at least then in a couple of days, you can say, well, that's clearly not working. Let's adjust it. But mm-hmm. they already have the concept of counting and dosing.
0: See, your 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 story makes me think that maybe at diagnosis, people are like, well, they're going to get great technology and then none of this is going to matter. So I'll just say something that won't kill them today. Then they can go to the next person and the next person will do a better job of this. But your point is, I mean, listen, it's not a brag, but I think you could bring me up to any person using insulin. And I think I could probably ask them four or five questions and make a pretty educated guess about how to cover their meal. Yes. Yeah, so
1: Absolutely.
0: Right. Yes. <laughs> it, it just does It's not. I, I hate to say it's not that hard, but you, you know it shouldn't yeah. be if you're a clinician, I guess. Um, Correct. Th- this this next thing here says, "What do I need to know during the honeymoon stage?" It, 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 you really have to put yourself in the position of a person who's just been whacked over the head with a shovel while someone's yelling, "You have diabetes!" And they're like, "Wait, what?" She uh, she says, "Before they teach carb counting, like when do I know?" If it's a true DKA, oh hold on a second. These are broken up questions. So let's let's skip the carbionic thing and go. When do I know if it's a true DKA situation or just part of the honeymoon stage? What do you think they mean by that? Well, high blood it's sugars. A, it's, a, it's a
1: good question because if high blood sugars are just sustained high,
0: and then they and again do ketones because somebody told them if you're over this for a certain amount of time, test your ketones. Right. And they're fresh from a a traumatic moment in their life where these kids had, or they had a high blood pressure and they were in the hospital for it. Right. Oh, I see. Okay.
1: I mean, that's what I, that's what I would certainly expect, but it is, it's a, it's a good question, but I think it's a pretty complex question because if you're in this window where honeymoon could be the case and all of a sudden you're running high blood sugars. Okay, great. Go ahead, do the steps, you know, test for ketones, Dose call your call your doctor and say, "Hey, we've been running higher all of a sudden. Uh, it seems like without visible illness or stress or anything in the picture, seems like you're likely at that point then coming out of honeymoon, and you actually need to increase your doses yeah. potentially basal to start, maybe the doses that are covering meal times, especially if they've been very 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 conservative, um, but I mean with high blood sugars." regardless of what point of diabetes diagnosis you're in, if it's a stand high test for ketones.
0: Right. Good first step. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I I always think about these things, all these topics about, I think of them as like if we were in an elevator for three minutes and you said to me, Scott, honeymooning, what do I do? I think, and I don't want to give away that I've watched more than one season of Big Brother, which I'm embarrassed by, but I think you have to expect the unexpected. Like I think you, it, it's you just need to live in the in the reality for a little while that things are going to change more frequently, or they could change more frequently, I should say, than you hope. And right, and that's where you hear people online say stuff that I don't like that they say, but I understand where it comes from. Like you know, uh, uh, carbs times this plus this equals elephant, you know, or when they they say like <laughs> nothing makes any sense, right? But if you expect it to be varied. Then it does make sense when it's varied. It, right. You know, if you if you put yourself in a position where you say, This is what should be happening. I did what the doctor told me. I measured it correctly. This is wrong. None of this makes sense. I give up. You're gonna you're gonna make yourself crazy. Right. Yeah. You just have to right. stay very flexible in the beginning.
1: And I think that the flexibility, and especially in terms of what people should know after diagnosis around honeymooning, is that expect that it may be in the picture for you at some point sooner than later after diagnosis. Um, And that once you're exiting the honeymoon, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing anything wrong, Mm -hmm. right? This isn't, it's not really, it's not your fault that you're coming out of the honeymoon time period that you need more insulin. It is what it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So
1: I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, in the grand scheme of diabetes management, there's like a lot of psychological stuff anyway. But I think this is a this is a period where you may feel really, really confident. Honestly, during a honeymoon time period, it may seem a lot easier for some people because they have these really tiny insulin doses. If they're only on basil. they feel like, well, oh, gosh, I'm I'm eating and checking my blood sugar. Looks like it's in this target range. And they may not even be dosing mealtime insulin. Maybe basil is just cutting it for them. Right, And then it starts to inch and creep and change. And that's where, again, like that psychological piece of management kind of comes in because a lot of people think, well, well maybe I need to cut back. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm doing too much. Maybe I'm eating too much. Yeah, you get <laughs> so I'll too. just eat iceberg lettuce and... <laughs> That means it's okay.
0: Right? It, it's such a good point that, in the beginning, you're very likely using such a small amount of insulin, and it can make you feel like I've got this. It's so right. easy. But if your basil's point one an hour and you know your whole meal insulin is like a unit for a meal or something like that, like I'm not belittling it. It's hard and it's scary and everything else. but you're basically playing wiffle ball in the backyard with your dad. You're not hitting off a Clayton Kershaw <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get too crazy when you put the ball over the hedge line. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: just, right. Just say, yes. okay.
0: And, and to me, it's all experiences. I mean, I don't know how many times I could talk about it, but it, you, you have to do a thing. You have to see how the thing works out. And then you decide, do I need a little more, a little less, a little sooner, a little later? How does this insulin work? And then you do it again and again and again until one day it just makes sense every time you do it. Mm-hmm. And, right. and the truth is, is that, you know, in the beginning, you do have more going against you than just understanding that you have the other parts, the psychological aspects of it and the, what could really be, I mean, you could be suffering with depression at that point, or, you know, there's a right. lot, a lot happening. I, I I interviewed an adult recently, she's in her mid thirties and she said they were explaining to her about her diabetes and she just sat there thinking, I don't have diabetes like, mm-hmm. she wasn't listening to anybody, it, you know? She's, like, a young, fit person, and she's like, I, I don't, this is wrong. Like, she couldn't get past the, I think they're wrong about this. And right. you don't know how many important things were said to you while you were staring at the wall, thinking, hey, what the this hell? This is wrong. Yeah, what the hell just happened to us? You know? Right. Okay. Yeah. Is there anything here we're missing? I do want to go to one more question here, but it, I want to make sure you have everything out that you want to say.
1: Um, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, outside of just one other question that I think has come up in conversation in discussing with some newly diagnosed people that I've worked with, a lot of people end up asking, "Is there anything that can sustain this honeymoon?" Yeah. Right? And there's there's only one study that I know of, and it was done in adult men. Um, so not even a broad spectrum of you know gender or um, anything, but it showed that exercise in newly diagnosed men um, proved that the honeymoon lasted a a fair amount of time longer than those who didn't include exercise in that time period post-diagnosis.
0: Huh. I wonder why that is.
1: So again, I mean, something like that, certainly you need to study it in more people, more, you know, kids teens, women, (laughs) but at least it was a good visual that there is that one thing that was shown that could potentially prolong it. And I would, I would expect it's just from a sensitization standpoint, right? right. Building muscle, making the muscles work, which makes your insulin work better. And if your body is more Sensitive, your pancreas also doesn't have to work as long. So maybe it preserves the beta cells longer, right? Would be my expectation.
0: What let's put this part in here too. Like, so we know about like Temizoplob, for example, right? There's that drug trial about, about elongating people's honeymoons. What's the real benefit of that for the patient beyond that you don't need to use insulin and You don't have to have diabetes as soon. Like, I mean, listen, if they could put it off three, four years, then hey, you know what I'm saying? That's amazing. But if I'm just doing something that's going to extend my honeymoon by a week or a month or two, like, what's the real benefit of that? Is there one?
1: I guess the benefit to me especially would be for if it's even keeping people from some type of diagnosis you know in those who are tested with antibodies and are given um the drug in order to extend the time without diabetes any years without diabetes are definitely a benefit
0: oh i get that one i'm talking about like if if running around like a lunatic makes it take three less like if it gives you three (laughs) weeks back you know what i mean like like like, you've had diabetes for over 30 years yes would it be any different if you had it for three weeks less no, no, right. <laughs> but I, I would mean, not. But three th- three years less. God bless. We would like that, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. three years less. Absolutely, right. and yeah. you know, from the standpoint of ease to the body and whatnot, I think more information needs to be gathered as to people who were diagnosed without use of something like this. Mm-hmm. What type of outcome with controlled, like healthy management, long term? What was their end outcome compared to people who got the use of this drug and had an extended, let's call it honeymoon time, Mm. where their body was allowed to help them a little bit more. They had to use less injection, less pumped insulin, less, right? What did that bring in down the road? Did it improve anything down the road? Okay. And that's going to take years to look at differences. So, from my I think,
0: from my perspective, from a person who talks to a lot of people, when I hear about people wringing their hands about honeymooning, what I really hear from them mostly is they just want it to stop. They just, they just like, can we just get to the part where this is reasonably predictable, please? Like, you, you right. know, Like, what, what is happening, Jenny?
1: I don't know. That's not me. It's it sounds an like you're getting a weather a, a emergency weather Apparently, alert. Apparently, there's going to
0: be a tornado here. <laughs>
1: Oh, great.
0: Well, none of you are going to ever hear this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty's on his way out. Uh, <laughs> I was
1: going to say, do you need to go to the basement? No, I don't so-
0: live in that kind of an area. This is the kind of an area where people go like, why do we get these tornado alerts? Um, but, but, but to go back to my thought, that was very odd. Um, they just, I mean, listen, if it's a situation where one day your kid can go to baseball practice and the next day they can't because one day the pancreas isn't doing anything and the next day it is. It's it's it it, it makes you nuts. Like it it just does. And I you mostly hear people say, I just want to get to the next part at this point. Right. Um, And I don't, you know, I don't not understand that, I think. But but this person asked this last question that says that talking about a two-year-old who overnight is experiencing lows with no insulin at all. And they, she said uh, he can hover at 90 for hours and then slowly creep down to 70. Now, here's the thing. Isn't this interesting? If Jenny's blood sugar would hover at 90 for hours overnight and then slowly creep down to 70, she would text me in the morning a picture of her CGM and go, look how good I am at this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing you don't have context for when you're looking at your two-year-old baby who's had diabetes for two months right Correct. that that uh you know
1: there's not enough history to it for it, it, this example this family this person there's not enough I I have a sense of of what that means to me yeah. I also have a sense if I got an alert overnight and I saw what was happening even without using the system that I'm using previous to this I would have a strategy that I of the time would have worked Mm -hmm. right. To say, okay, it's drifting. This is happening. This is what I need to do, or uh, I can go back to bed because I know that it's all going to be totally fine. Right. right? So new. There are, there are a lot of kids, especially kids that I work with who are still using multiple daily injections or MDI. um, Because once that basal injection is there, you, you can't take it away.
0: Yeah, this is an example from someone who obviously pumps because they were able to turn their basal off. It off. Right, if mm-hmm. they were MDI, they would continue to get low. It's funny. Oh, yes. I just was explaining to somebody the other day, a person who just doesn't know anything about diabetes and we're talking about low blood sugars and they said, why does it keep getting low? And I said, well, the insulin's dumb, it doesn't know. And I said, right. yeah, you know, the insulin is pulling glucose out of your blood, pulling it out, pulling it out, pulling it out. It doesn't get to a number and say, oh, good, we're done. done. <laughs> Just, it it, it, it will continue to take glucose out of your blood until the power of the insulin is gone. Um, and it doesn't care that you are where you want to be, too low, having a seizure, doesn't matter. It's going to keep it does, taking correct. it. Correct. Right.
1: And that's, you know, on pumpers, if it was happening enough, again, in this particular example, you could say, okay, well, this has happened night after night, I've had to turn the basal off. Well, if you've got a pump, you can program it, just program a zero basal from this point of drop to this point of leveling out and, and take care of it. Um, You know, but on, again, injections, it's, it's really difficult. And so often what we end up having to do is really make sure that the morning is when the basal is adjusted, assume that the overnight lows in this case and assuming it's honeymoon in this case is the pancreas is just kicking out at this point. Yeah. This is where it's taking most of its action. And so you don't need any injected or pumped insulin here because your body's helping you. Mm-hmm.
0: And then the last question that people constantly ask is, how do I know when it's over? And yeah. well, that one's easy because You need a lot more insulin.
1: Your insulin needs go up. And it's, again, this is a visible, okay, was it today because it was a birthday party or a cookout or something, and so we just had a lot more that was different? Or is it ongoing in the next, okay, this was today, tomorrow looks similar, the next day looks similar, by day three of needing more insulin and nothing else has really shifted or changed. Right you're probably getting to that point of honeymoon is yeah. ending
0: experience after experience day after day showing the same thing. Yes. You're probably not being helped by your pancreas anymore. The other thing too, is I don't want to be like ham fisted about it, but you know, when you have type one diabetes and you're not getting any help from your, you know, the way I used to explain it to one of my daughter's teachers when they wouldn't understand, it, I said, look, here's Arden right now. Her blood sugar's perfect. If I take this pump for her, take it from her. Just, she got no more insulin. And we give her a half a bite of this cookie, she's gonna be dead in four days. And you know, like I'm like, and they're like, what? And I'm like, her blood sugar is going to continue to rise, and there is nothing her body can do about it. I said it will put her into DKA, it will end her life. A bite of this cookie without insulin. And so you can see it when you don't have insulin. Your blood okay. sugar wants to go up. And yes. if you, you know, if you can you know, if you have some stability, say you are using a CGM and you have some stability at 120 and then you eat something and, you know, you bolus for it and three hours later, you're 120 still, but then it keeps rising, it keeps rising, it keeps rising. Your basal is probably not strong enough. And then you need to probably go over and listen to the pro tip episodes about how, mm-hmm. to, how to get going and taking care of your blood sugar. So, all right. Did we do it? Is this good?
1: I think this is pretty good.
0: Yeah. I, you know, every time we do this, I wait for you to look at me and go, Dude, you're so wrong. Stop talking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever said that to you.
0: I just keep, there's that little kid inside of me. He's like, I'm going to mess up eventually. And Jenny's going to be like shaking her head at me and being like, what are you talking about? Stop Although it. I
1: think the only one time that I did correct you is when you told me that I was a nurse. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not a nurse. That I'm a dietitian. Wrong. You are
0: a dietitian. <laughs> uh, so I misspoke. Uh, and, and there's the truth, right? Now we're still recording. She would stop me if she, I misspoke one time in how many years have we been doing this together? Oh my God, a hey, long time. And hey, you're like, I am not a nurse. I'm like, oh, geez, God. I felt like I was married to you for a second. I was like, oh, she <laughs> finally got me. She's so excited. New episodes of the Bold Beginning series will come out every Friday. Thank you so much to InPen from Medtronic Diabetes for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Please remember to head over to inpentoday.com. If you'd like to learn more about that insulin pen that talks to that app through Bluetooth. I also want to thank U.S. Med and remind you that you can get a free benefits check right now at usmed.com forward slash juice box or by dialing 888-721-1514. It would be a great companion to these episodes to become a member of the private Facebook group for the Juicebox Podcast. It's absolutely free, but it's a private group so that you can feel comfortable speaking openly with other people who are living in a similar situation as you. It's called Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. You'll just have to answer a couple of questions to prove to that Facebook algorithm that you're a real person, and then you'll go right in to a space with over 25,000 members. There's so much activity on that Facebook page every day. There's bound to be a conversation that's about something you've wondered about, something you're experiencing, or something that you know enough about to help someone else with. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. In that same group, at the Feature tab at the top, you'll see lists of other series of the Juicebox Podcast like the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes that have been mentioned, or the Defining Diabetes series, which will also be mentioned here if we haven't already. Everything you need to know is at juiceboxpodcast.com or right there in that private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Let me just remind you again before we go that Jenny works at integrateddiabetes.com. If you're interested in hiring her, she's interested in helping you. Also, for U.S. residents, t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. It really is a valuable thing for you to do to complete that survey. And it genuinely helps people with type 1 diabetes. And it supports the Juicebox podcast. So if you can spend just 10 minutes today, taking that survey, I would just greatly appreciate it. T1DExchange.org forward slash juice I've seen listeners of the podcast be involved in a number of different trials around diabetes. They got the opportunity from the T1DExchange. The one that comes to mind right now is uh, that there was one person involved in a new adhesive study for the Dexcom G6. But there are many other opportunities. So beyond answering the questions in the survey and helping people with type 1 by lending your, your data to the T1D exchange, and I don't mean like super personal stuff, I mean simple questions about type 1 diabetes, which by the way are HIPAA compliant and anonymous. Anyway, by, by answering those questions in the survey, you also give yourself the opportunity to hear about trials and studies. T1DExchange.org forward slash box.